This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. I'm joined by my co-host Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? Not much. How's it going, man? What's up? So... Sasha uh, yesterday had this piano recital because she takes piano lessons at this like Portuguese music place. So, you know, I was just told, okay, just show up at seven o'clock at this place, at this music place. And I was there before Heather and Sasha. So I'm sitting in this chair. There's like two or three rows of chairs, like eight chairs each. And then they put in new rows and there's like 40 people there. And most of the kids are older. And I'm like, dude, she's not ready for this. She like barely practices. She fights us every time that she's supposed to practice. And uh, she's, you know, and so there's like this list of like each person and what piece they're doing, like some Mozart piece or some shit. And she's listed on it with her name. First name is spelled with a C. It was spelled wrong. Watercolors. Watercolors is some simple piano thing. So, you know, like people are going and like, like some of the kids aren't that good and they're messing up. But like some people are like 20 and like playing like amazing shit. You know, they're like pros basically. So I'm like, she's going to freak out. There's like 40 people here, like adults, kids. And it's her turn, and she just goes up there like a boss and just starts playing. And, uh, you know, nice. she made some mistakes. And, like, it was like nothing, you know, it wasn't like that amazing or anything, but it was just, I was like, damn, like she just went up there, wasn't worried about it, and came back. And, like, and then, so I was like, wow, I was like really proud. I was like, you did, you know, that was so great. Like, you went up, you're only six. Like, there's like 25 year olds up there singing and doing all the shit. There's this kid at the end, he was probably like 20, and he like sang um, this song. And it was just some pop song, but it was it was like really good. Like he he could he could have been on like American Idol and shit. He was so good. Like he was so he was such a good singer. Wow. And at the end, um, you know, Heather and I we were walking out with Sasha. We're talking. We're like, hey, that dude is really good. And Sasha was like, but I was better, right? And I was like, well, you know, you were good for your age and what you're doing. Right. She's like, no, I was better. I was better. I was like, <laughs> I I can totally picture you not giving in. No, I was kind of like, well, I mean. You know, he's probably, you know, because she doesn't practice. And, and I'm trying to uh, impart upon her, like, you know, you're never going to get good at anything unless you, like, dedicate yourself. You can't just practice right. five minutes here, five minutes there. You're not going to get good, you know? So I want her to be like, hey, that kid practiced that song a long time that he was really, really good at. And right. I'm like, you know, and he's 20. And I want to be like, well, you know, he, he's, like, way better than you, but, you, you know, you could get good. I didn't say that. And then she started crying and saying, but I was equal. It was a tie. It was a tie. Was like, so were you super nervous though watching her up there? I was I was like uh I wasn't nervous because I was like, worst thing that could happen is she kind of free. I mean she's six, like there's, there's low stakes, you know. But uh I was I was I thought she was gonna freak out a little and she didn't I was like I right. couldn't believe how calm she just went up there like a boss and just started playing in front <laughs> of all these people in this giant grand piano, like in this big room. It was no joke. This one girl started crying though. It was very sad. This one girl just couldn't oh, couldn't handle yeah. it. <laughs> Did you spot the parents and see how they reacted? No. Well, one of the, the mom was sitting with her on the piano bench because okay. it was obvious that she was you know having trouble and she made a couple of mistakes and just lost it. Right. So uh, it was it was cool. It was you know that's that's the kind of shit. Well, man, you know? Congrats! Tell Sasha congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's got to be more humble. I mean, she's not humble, but she's got to be more like. I don't want her to be one of those unrealistic people. You know, those people that go through life and they're like, "I'm the best at everything." Like, I'm, sure. What I did was the best. You know, and I'm like, "No, what you did was brave that you got up there." I was like, "It's brave of everybody to get up there and do that." But like, if you want to get good, you got to practice. I mean, she did pretty well, but it's like, you know, yeah, she's got the right dad to make sure she lives in reality. I'm sure, or at least at least. Some form. Some of people would say that. Yeah. Some yeah. people would say argue the opposite. But the, yeah. but yeah, yeah. No, I just don't want her to be one of those people. You know, like my, my, yeah, as soon my, as uh, as soon as those words left my mouth, I'm like, what am I talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you saying? Reality. But I meant that you weren't certainly not going to be at any risk of letting your head get too big. Uh, is what is what I was yeah. getting at. But yeah, they're well, different yeah, type. No, of and that's what I. Well, that's what I'm here for you for. You know, on the podcast to make sure that you uh, don't get an ego. You know what reality? You know, you know a reality that happened the other day. 
Mark Melanson. Uh, I, I PayPal'd you some money. Yeah, because Mark Melanson threw a pitch. What a stupid yeah. bet you made. That was Congratulations. A- hey, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, and I'm not rooting for anyone, regardless of team, to you know have their careers ruined. But I was very pessimistic of the injury I'd read, and he had surgery. It was mysterious, and he was still feeling the same numbness uh, in spring training into April. So I was very discouraged, and I'm glad I was wrong. I sent you it. Right away, and congratulations on the. Uh, that's got to be our first uh, baseball payout of the year. So it's a yeah. nice one. And boy, that Giants bullpen getting deeper, and they're they're right there, like two two and a half games out of out of the West, and they got Bumgarner back, maybe Cueto. So so who knows? Uh, that's and Kershaw. I mean, it looked like the Dodgers man. were getting back on track, but Kershaw's gone. Justin Turner's wrist is hurt again, and the Dodgers like I was like, oh no, they'll, they'll run away with it, and this will just be a blip this this yeah. start, but. That's not the case. Well, it's crazy after their horrible injuries. They still have like, they're like a plus differential. I think last I looked, their run differential. But yeah, no, they're, those injuries are, are legit. And Maeda, Maeda, I know you don't like that guy that much fantasy wise, but Kane Fools, he's out. So yeah. that's definitely, and, and, and Kershaw's a broken man, man. It's, it's, Let, let's so where are you going to bring him next year? I want to say that, what do you, why do you need Kershaw when you have Ross Stripling? I mean, why would you even need Kershaw? Crazy. Dude. That guy's peripherals are so good, too. It's not like he's just some low Babbitt guy. I mean, it came out of nowhere. The Dodgers just seemingly, yeah, I mean, he looks great. He looks awesome. So I, I think Kershaw, it's really disturbing. The, the only positive comp I heard was Randy Johnson was like 32 with these back problems, and he finally had surgery, mm-hmm. and he pitched for 10 more, 12 more years like as, a, as an ace. And right. maybe Kershaw can do that, but Kershaw's not that overpowering. He's already losing velocity. And, uh, I mean, the guy just turned 30, right? What's yep. I, I had a little rant about this with Stefani today. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with these players? They're all it's such so nutless monkeys. Like, I, we looked at Mickey Mantle's stats because we were talking about Mickey Mantle. We were talking about Trout, whether he's the greatest player of all time, like better than like Peak Mays or Mantle. Obviously, Babe Ruth, but it's just such a different era and such a like, it was just, you know, nobody else did anything except Babe Ruth, so it's hard to like compare him. But like, Mantle Mays are like the, I think, the better comps to Trout. Plus, they were like center fielders. And, uh, and like, if you look at like Mantle's uh, stats, it's like the first 11 years of his career from when he was like 21 or 19 to 32, first, you know, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they, remember, there are only 154 game seasons back then. He played 127 games once. And every other season, he had at least 143 games in a 154 right. game season. He was drunk the whole time, dude. He did not take care of himself at all. And yet he played 145 games like every year out of 154. And why can't these guys stay healthy? I mean, you had guys well, they're pushing this- their bodies to the limit. I mean, they're lifting more, but they're also throwing faster and running you know, fast. And it's just, it's just they're not different. running that much faster than Mickey Mantle was. They're not running faster in center field than Joe DiMaggio and Willie Mays. They're not hitting the ball farther than Mickey Mantle did. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I mean, uh, as far as percentage-wise, maybe they are running uh, very much faster. I don't know if that's true. You're just saying that. Uh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I do think the athletes are getting better. That's like the argument with you know Jordan versus LeBron. It's just like it's a simple evolution, really. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it, they are going to get bigger, faster, stronger athletes in, in, in our. I mean, do you not do you disagree with this? I mean, or is, I mean, is this I, like if you look at a baseball game from the '80s, the dudes look like normal men. Like they're not. They're skinny. They're like regular build. Right, they're not this big. They don't look like athletes necessarily. The baseball players, fine, uh, that's fine. Uh, you know, we were talking yeah. to Stefani Bell, and one of the hypotheses was, well, you got to train all year, because if you don't train all year, then you won't be good when you're healthy. You'll probably get hurt. She didn't say this conclusively, but I suggested this that maybe like you train so hard that you're gonna get hurt way more, but at least when you're healthy, you can keep up. Whereas if a dude is like smoking cigarettes and having a few beers in the off season and not like lifting weights all the time, maybe he won't get hurt as much. But he just won't be as good as the guy who's like, you know, round the clock all year training. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely it's hard open to believe to that, idea. though. I'm open to the idea that there's something that we're not be able to factor in, and there is something garbage more to diet, it. garbage chemicals in the in plastics and in the air. There's so much like bad shit like in our food supply now. It's it's way sure. more hormones and shit. I mean, these guys, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Even the 70s, 80s, they, they just did not miss time like this. You have guys in their mid 20s and early 20s who are not hurt getting random days off. Oh, so-and-so is not in the lineup today. It's a day off on Wednesday. Oh, Aaron Hicks is not in the lineup today. He's getting a routine day off. What the fuck? No, I was going to bring this up independently. In our League of Leagues baseball team, uh, at the end of last week, I took a, a screen cap of it. Uh, we had 11 people on the disabled list. 11. Now, I know this league is a different because, it, like, well, obviously there's a lot of slots. Some of these wouldn't even allow that. You couldn't, even, you couldn't possibly do it. We're talking about all guys that were pretty, pretty valuable early-ish picks. 11. That's the most extreme I've ever had, and it's right. just 
It's just a joke. It's 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 crazy. It's so, such a, it's not like the ten day DL makes them more likely to put them on the DL, and so it's, some of that is that. But it's not just that. It's that even the healthy guys need a day off all the fucking time. What the yeah. fuck, man? You know, like the, you know, you think, oh, it's a hundred sixty two game season. The travel they did the shit in the eighties, man. They weren't like this. You know, Cal Ripken didn't miss a game for like fifteen twenty years. Think about that. It's just no, I don't. They were today. traveling. They weren't exactly traveling. It was not equal either back then. Yeah, it was worse. It's way worse. Way obviously, yeah, way worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just, I just these guys are such nutless monkeys. I can't believe it. No, you know, it's, or or it's become like we're like the fucking East German Olympic team in the 1980s. Like these guys were training like such freaks that they hurt themselves. Like Cespedes, the dude is yeah. like you know he's like so jacked. It's like it's just not you're a baseball player, man. Right. No, I, I hear you. It's frustrating. Kershaw, he's fucking 29. He's 30. Just turned 30. He's already wiped out? I mean, come on. The dude had so, all offseason to get better. He pitches for one month. And he's on the DL for a month. He comes back for one start. Now he's out for at least another month. Yeah. No, I know. He looked super, like, pissed. They lost the World Series. Like, talking about he's so motivated. A guy that actually did care about his legacy and, like, just seemingly a hardworking dude. And and just he does not showing up out of shape. But I'm with you. I'm discouraged. Yeah, it's frustrating. That's why I keep telling you, man, DFS is, is where I have more fun these days than, than season long in, in, in baseball, at least. It's been it's so frustrating. 11 people on that team. It's just, yeah. it's, well, you, you just got to stick with it, man. That's the thing, because everybody's getting it. Like, I was yeah, pissed no, at first. Frustrating. You can't have like, that idea. Oh, well, the A.J. Pollock, that lucky bastard who has an A.J. Pollock, somehow the humidor is not affecting him. You know, and then of course he's out for eight weeks. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, Mookie Betts, you're so fucking lucky. You've got Mookie Betts. Okay. Mookie Betts is just, you know, having one of those Larry Walker, Ellis Burks, 40, 30, 340 years. He's on pace four. And okay, he's out. He's on the DL. It's like, it's coming around. What comes around goes around. So you got to stick with it because those teams that are way ahead, most of them have just been lucky with the injuries, but they're, you know, they, they're probably going to get theirs. Yeah, I have one more baseball note that I um, wanted to bring up. Uh, I, then I, I actually put a note down to, to bring up to you before I heard, but you started to talk about him today on XM. I believe I caught some of it, which so you probably know how 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 ridiculous where I'm going with this. But man, if people have not brought up what Cole Calhoun has done this season, it's wild. Like if you looked at his slash line, no, because I never liked that dude, so I never even considered drafting him where he goes. It's just absolutely insane. If I told you it, it's 374, I wouldn't be talking about his slugging. I'm telling you his OPS. Right. It's in 173 at bats. Right. Um, it's, he has like, he has one, he has so three extra base hits and 173 at bats. But this is crazy. The WRC, you know, weighted win, uh, runs created plus, basically 100 is average. He's three He's right here. now. He's 3%. The next worst in all of baseball. Your boy Chris Davis. Yeah, he's is terrible. Twenty nine. Yeah. So like, think of the gap of that. Like, I yeah. mean, it's just that is just that's just wild. I, I cut Chris I mean, Davis and friends and family. Yeah. I cut him. So by the way, yeah. if you want to pick him up, you can. I'm not going to race yeah. you to yeah. the wire. And I, I checked the other day to see if he got picked up. Nobody picked him up. Did it feel good to drop him? Because wow. Is that I just mean, feel good? It's just you know what happens is as you know with the daily thing and all the rest. Like there's always like an you see the X next to a player or a utility. So you're like, all right, I'll put in Davis. Like he's playing today because he always plays. That's the one thing he's always in the lineup. And you put him in, he goes zero for four. You know, and you're like, okay, Davis is going against Scherzer. Do I put him in? Ah, fuck it. I, I, I don't want to take a zero, so I'll put him in. Zero for four. You know, I think he did get a hit against Scherzer actually. And and he's only got four home runs. He's been playing a lot. And I was thinking, okay, well, what if he gets hot for someone else and hits 25 home runs the rest of the way? He's still going to hit 210. You know, like there's, no. it's like that's, there's nothing, it's just not worth it. It's just let it yeah. go. It's one thing to hit 230, it's another to hit 150. I well, mean, 150, it's, it's, with, uh, well, think about this, right? So in the main event, like my batting average is like 250 ish, 249, 250, and I'm like 10th in that category. And I have Ian Desmond, right? And Ian Desmond plays in course. He's hitting 193. Last year, he hit 274 and 300 at bats while playing hurt. Like, if you just have one guy who's supposed to hit about 275 and he's hitting 190, that alone probably costs you, like, five points in batting average. And right. I also have Joey Gallo on that team. And I also have Miguel Sano. And I also have Carlos Gomez, who I dropped. So even Yeah, it's though I, different than, like, taking a zero and run scored for, 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 you know, for, for 20 days because it's actively hurting the category if, you're, if someone's, right. you know, 150. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really – and, and so I have a few – I have, like, other guys crushing it. Like, Michael Brantley, nobody's talking about how he's hitting, like, 340. Awesome, yeah. And you know, he's really good, but, you know, there's just too many guys dragging me down. So I dropped Gomez. 
I think Desmond will uh, come out of it in cores or get cut. But um, yeah, it's it's just really extreme this year. There's like some extremely great performances and extremely terrible ones, and right. usually the terrible ones get cut, you know, or get benched. That's the crazy thing is that these guys have been allowed to stay in the lineup this long. Yeah, yeah. You got any more baseball talk for me? Um, not really, not really. No, I, I'm feeling Kel- good about my teams though. I'm, my teams are doing all right. That is good. So, all right, so you're getting fired up for for. I mean, I have people. a couple of shitty teams. Maybe I'm just being unrealistic. Like like yeah. my daughter it runs in the family. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, well, I got to talk to Little Warriors. Um, I don't want to talk too much because it's going to be outdated by the time this goes up. Game yeah, three will just, have happened tonight. Who, um, who knows? Dude, they nobody might, cares they might about lose. that series. Nobody cares. Just, it's over. I have to say though, debating between going to game one and two, my wife's like, uh, uh, let, let's go game one. I just happened to, and, and what? What a decision, man. Uh, that's like going to go down. People will talk about that. Seriously, I know you don't give a shit, but that's like the, one of the most boneheaded plays like in the history of sports. And to see it happen, like the guys to my left and right and in front of me, they didn't even understand what was happening. I explained to them. I'm like, Jared Smith clearly did not r- realize that they had a t- that it was a tie game. And it was just wild to be at, man. It was right. crazy in an overtime. And LeBron scoring 50-burger, I mean, in overtime. That was, that was sick. And, and just wanted to let you know that that was a fun game, in case you didn't know. I just wanted to let you know that I had fun at, at that game. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very uh, invested in your life experiences. Right, okay. Now, as, I will, as is the audience, by the way. Uh, that's that's what I figured. Now, I will turn it around and throw you a bone. No, no, no pun intended. Mm. Uh, what is this? This steak that you uh, you you tweeted a picture? Such a foodie picture. Uh, social media. Oh, I don't like Facebook, but he posted <laughs> pictures. Not Facebook. Of his food. On, I know, not on Facebook. On Twitter. But hell, I fell for it. I, I gave you a like. And yeah. uh, Billions, I don't think you don't watch the show Billions, but on this very episode, they had a, a similar steak that was brought out on a cutting board. So I don't know if this is like a new thing or what, not necessarily a Europe thing, but it looked delicious. And it looked, I know everyone made the reference of the, the Great Outdoors, the John yeah. Candy movie. Or film, I should say. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, anyway, it looked about that big. But anyway, talk about this this delicious so, steak that had a ton of fat in the outside. Yeah. So first of all, the fat, sometimes fat can be chewy and you can't, you got to spit it out like on a cheap steak. This one, it melted in the mouth. It was oil. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Right, when you cut the the steak, my mouth's like watering while I'm talking about this. You cut the steak. And this was in Milan, yeah? This is in Milan, Italy. And we were there for the weekend because I'll explain that also. But you cut the steak, and so there's a little piece of meat on it. And the end, if you cut it, you know, a strip out of it, there's like that piece of fat on the end. And as you bite into it, the fat melts into an oil, like a fat, you know, salty oil that you, you know, chew the steak with. And it's like the most delicious thing you can ever have. And it was cooked perfect. It was, it was just a really, really good steak. There were some of these like uh, little potato chip shaped French fries with it, which were really good. And some other like vegetable chips on the top. And then I, I took another picture of the risotto that I had there, which is the best risotto I've had in my life. You know, you're gluten-free in Italy. You know, there's pizza, pasta. But they gave me a risotto with uh, oregano and sausage and tomato in it. Um, and it's just, and cheese, obviously, is in risotto. Uh, it was so good. It was one of the best meals I've had recently. And uh, the funny thing is, so I don't really take a lot of pictures of food and post them. But Heather's aunt was there, and she took the pictures and, and sent them to me. She wanted to take the pictures. And then once I got the pictures, I was like, fuck it, I'll post this. This steak looks pretty nice. So I posted it. And, you know, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of theories. I have a lot of opinions. You know, I make a lot of jokes on Twitter or whatever. Sure. Nobody gives a fuck, you know. Maybe 1,000 people, 1,200 people watch this video. I mean, not the video, like the listen to it. Hopefully more. But, you know, it's... And none of them care either. And nobody gives care. a shit about what we're doing. But you post a big, juicy steak. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I looked on the Twitter analytics 
more than five, I think more than 5,000 people now have, have actually clicked on the picture. Forget about the impressions right. that it got. It, it, right. The people who actually clicked and like opened it up bigger, I think right. it's more than 5,000 now. So that's, that's funny. Nobody can resist that shit. A giant yeah, piece no. of meat like that. I mean, it's just, and it was, it was really good. Uh, Milan, uh, the people were very nice. By the way, the women in Milan are incredibly beautiful. I mean, just like stunningly beautiful. It's, you know, it's like the fashion modeling capital. Right. Of the world. You hear that. Yeah. It lives up to that, that oh, name. Yeah, I mean, just so many. Uh, I mean, fashion. Yeah, you, yeah, I had Milan. to tell Heather, I'd be like, you know, wow, there's like, that's like the second most beautiful woman I've seen in the, today, you know, or the third, you know, I'd have to butter her up because it was, right. it was, mu- it was too much, but she right. knew she agreed. I mean, it was like, you know, women appreciate other women's beauty, by the way. So sure. it is, uh, it was, uh, it was nice. And the people are very nice. It's just a beautiful city, great parks. Sasha played in the park one day. It's just, just a very upscale, classy, civilized place. It's not like any place where there's huge, you know, sights to see. I mean, there's a couple, but I don't give a shit about that. It's just like a really like I felt like oh, I could live here. I heard right. Italy's a nightmare in terms of like all the dysfunction of it, but uh, Milan was a civilized place. I know there's some places that aren't great, and it seems some people can would consider it overrated because they hear Italy, you know, these great things, and some right. places aren't, aren't, aren't perfect. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know much about it. I think I passed through it briefly when I was 16 years old. But, Milan, yeah, Milan but, is it's cl- high class place, man. It's a real. Yeah. I don't real think country. I went through Milan, but but Italy is what I meant. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. So I, I'm curious myself when I go to French Laundry in a couple weeks, uh, what the picture situation should be. You know, I don't, I want to be in the moment, you know, right. but I yeah. still want to. So what's perfect was like what you said. Hopefully yeah. someone else there. I didn't even think about it. It didn't even occur to me to take a photo of it. But once I saw the photo, I was like, ooh, this looks pretty good. And it was good. It wasn't that big. The angle made it look bigger. It's maybe a 20-ounce, 22-ounce. Oh, it looked huge. Oh, it looked yeah. bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't. It Maybe 24 at the outside, but it wasn't you like You probably a, took like multiple pictures and made sure you posted the one that got the exact angle. Like, you know, like Zuckerberg's getting accused of like he, he takes uh, pictures, all these pictures at a certain angle because he's super short. And he wants to make sure that people don't know that. Have you heard that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that you're sounds right. Way. That dude's a nutless monkey. He's lying again. So weird. They got busted for giving all their shit to Chinese companies, all like your info. They just got yeah. busted again. And he, and he was on oath saying that that didn't happen, right? Wasn't he under oath saying that, uh, he under, denying I mean, that? He was under oath in 2011. They already violated the decree. Facebook, per like the punishment for lying under the first thing, like ten, you know, seven years ago, you know, has like trillions of dollars of liability. It could be wiped out. Of course, they never will. Because the nutless monkeys in our government don't take on power, and Facebook, before that ever happened, and their lawyers were fighting it out, could like run primaries for everybody. I mean, they have so much money. I, I don't know. And even after this, the stock price. I mean, basically, Wall Street just does not believe that there's the political will to do anything to Facebook because the stock is. It went down a couple bucks today, but it's still like near an all-time high. So if right. they really thought that like Facebook was in trouble, that stock would plummet. And just nobody's, they just realize like the people in our government, they don't give a fuck. You know, they're Mm -hmm. just, they're, they're just doing the bidding of the powerful and Facebook's very powerful. So like, I just, I'm kind of with them. I, I I sort of would like to short it, like buy like a put or something where I could, where I could sell it to somebody at, at, you know, 180 or 170. It's, it's at 190 now or whatever it was when I last checked, you know, in two years and, and people are going to think it goes up. And then just in case it gets totally wiped out, I'll have this massively valuable option. But I don't know. It, again, are they really going to do anything? Are they really going to break this thing up? I doubt it. Right. right. Um, what else do I have for you? Uh, I was going to tell you that I uh, officially booked the, the trip to Vegas. Um, uh, I looked more into that Cromwell where, where Rotowire is staying. Yep. And I guess that's been like renovated and it's right centrally located. I thought you guys at first, were, I was under the impression that it was not on the strip, but I guess it's a nice it area. It is. It, it, was, it was the Barbary Coast, which was like this party thing. There's this club called Dre's, which is like some club scene party thing. Romo, may he rest in peace, used no. to go there, I think. I never went there with him, but I went to some places Not with him. Not What's Tony. Not Tony. Not Tony Romo. No. No, different Romo. It's not really our scene, but there were shitty options because Microsoft basically rented out right. the whole city. And it was like the same price as the Aria was last year, which it wouldn't be normally. And it's renovated. You know, like those other guys wanted to do like the fucking MGM or like Paris or something that's so worn. Those things are like the carpet is like 30 years old in those places. These sheets are yellow. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going there. Like this is new. It's probably like a little like cheesy clubby for us, but who cares? We'll make the best. You know, I don't give a shit as long as the yeah. room's clean. So I'll tell you yeah, something else just, about well, going to Milan, which is really cool. Our new place is... I think it's 12 minutes from the airport by cab, and it's, it's also a 15-minute subway ride if you walk two blocks. 
So we just had carry-on luggage. We actually couldn't take the subway there because we left early in the morning. It wasn't running yet. But like, it's literally a 15-minute subway ride or cab ride to the airport. You got to walk two blocks and wait five minutes for the subway. Get on. It's 15 minutes. You're in the airport. And then because uh, it's a Schengen country, Italy, Portugal, basically all the non-Ireland and uh, UK countries in, in Europe or Schengen countries, you know, Germany, France, whatever. So you don't need even like to go through customs. It's like going to like, you know, you're, you want to fly to San Francisco or Denver or something. You just go, you know, you go through security. Security doesn't have that, that uh, radiation poisoning shit that they have in the U.S. You just go right through real quick. When you have kids, you go right to the front of the line. So we go right to the front of the line. Security's two seconds. You get to the other side. They found like Heather's contact lens shit. They just gave it back to her. They didn't care, right? right? Go in. You're at the gate like two minutes later. You get on a two-hour flight, two-and-a-half-hour flight to Milan. You're in Milan. Like, it's no big deal. 15-minute subway through security real fast. No, no uh, immigration. Boom. It's an easy weekend trip. So we find I, like, you know, Madrid. Oh, frustrating you know, it's frustrating to even hear that, though. It's frustrating to hear how easy Well, that if, it's like, if it's like 60 bucks, you know, if it's like 60 euros each. Oh, wow, Madrid. Okay, we have friends in Madrid. Let's book three tickets there for the weekend. Hour and yeah. a half flight, hour flight from Lisbon to Madrid, one hour. Boom, nice. you're there. Mm. It's like 15 minute subway ride. No, no, nothing. Nice, nice. Anyway, cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to Vegas. That'll be fun seeing you. And uh, Tank Williams, former NFL safety, is going to be in the Stope auction. If you don't know if you saw that, so uh, should be a uh, should be fun. So I'm looking forward to to that. It's been a while since uh, I last saw. I guess it was probably a year ago. Vegas. On the same trip. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, what else? Oh, I was going to ask you if you want to talk about your uh, the East Coast offense. You put up your um, your projection notes column, so you probably want to talk about that a little. Yeah, it was mostly just the obvious, like QBs. Not only are QBs really deep, which everyone knows, but they're also not that – like there's no one at the top that you're like, oh, Rodgers is going to throw 40. You know, like Rodgers will throw like 33 maybe. He doesn't really have great weapons. He has Jimmy Graham, I guess, but this version of Jimmy Graham. It's like what quarterback is really going to go crazy? I mean, Deshaun Watson could go crazy, but – you know, he's coming off an ACL tear mid-season. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's him. Yeah, it's, it's him. Watson, right. I mean, Watson's going nuts. He's going absolutely crazy last year. But yeah, right. I mean, it's him. But it was for seven games, and he was healthy last year. So, so there's, there's no real high end, and there's a lot of depth. So like, if you look at the difference between what I have Rodgers projected for and what I have like Blake Bortles projected for, who's like number 22, yeah. it's like three and a half points a game. And then I pointed out that even if, if, you, dra- if you have Bortles, you're not going to be using Bortles every week. You'll have right. Eli Manning, Andy Dalton. Even if you totally punt quarterback, you're going to have like a cycle of quarterbacks. And you're probably only going to lose like two points a week from Rodgers. Because right. yeah. the Rodgers guy is just going to start him every week pretty much. Yeah. So like you're mixing and matching. He's keeping a constant. So you probably gain another you know, 20 or 30 of the 50-point difference. Yeah. And then like it's, it's minor. Well, it's almost got to the point with me. It's it's just that all leagues should should be super utility or super flex, right. or whatever quarterbacks, sure. because this is just so obvious to, for us to be like, oh, wait on quarterback. I almost feel like I'm insulting my audience by saying that. Like, right. no shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's to the point. I felt like that the last few years, but now it's to the point. It's even too much. It's it's, it's too much. It's gotten crazy. It's this is much. the most extreme I've seen. Yeah. Um, and then you know the running backs. It's just we're back in 2003. The running backs, you know, at least by my projections, are the difference makers. And the crazy thing about wide receivers is there's a top tier, and you, you like Julio better than Beckham. I think we have a bet on that. But if you want to make it, so I just I just like him in that tier. Is my argument with you? I do. Uh, we, oh, I think we did bet, but my argument with you is I just think he belongs okay. in that. Well, tier. I have him in between the two tiers, but you know, I'm not you know splitting hairs a little bit. I have him for like 220 half PPR points, and I have Beckham at like 239, and Hopkins and and Brown and at then 240. But then a big, what's that? Then a big drop. Then a drop to like two ten from the Michael Thomas tier. Right. But if you start with the Michael Thomas tier, this two ten instead of the Antonio Brown two forty something tier, and you compare him to like my thirty seventh receiver, which is Aguilar at like one fifty five, it's like sixty points on the whole year. It's like you know less than four points a game between Aguilar and the number five receiver. And there's so many receivers now. You know projections for receivers. It's like week to week. Who knows. I, almost like the only point in drafting a receiver isn't because they're going to do much better than the replacement receiver. It's more because you just know to start that guy. If Aguilar has two dead weeks where he doesn't get any targets, you're going to be like, do I drop this guy? You're never going to drop Michael Thomas right. if he has two bad weeks. Right. So it's like th- really the battle with the receiver is just the confidence in using him. Anyone who's like the 35th to, through 55th right. receiver, if he has two cold weeks, you're like, is this guy even on the team anymore? Like, do I even, you know, that's, that's the hard part with them. 
What does it mean that the difference between the top kicker and like the 12th kicker, the last starting kicker is probably similar, like two, two and a half points, I bet, per game? What does that say? Right. So let's say the top kicker, especially if it's three, four, five field goals, it is probably at least two points. Yeah, a game. probably is like three points. Again. Yeah. Because if you just do it on scoring, it would be like, you know, one, 115 to 140 or something, you know, so it'd be like 25. But if you did it on the three, four, five, it's probably like three points a game. Yeah. And two and a half, maybe. And the question is, well, are kickers less predictable? You know, so like, okay, kickers may, they do matter. It's great to have Greg Zerline last year, but nobody knew Greg Zerline was going to be worth anything, right? So that, that's the argument. But Guskowski is like a top five kicker every year, and Justin right. Tucker is pretty good every year. So, you know, there's a couple guys I think you could predict. And then there's other things. factors like it's just so easy to play matchups because right. no one ever will carry two kickers, you know, so that right. two factors. But, but yeah. anyway, it's interesting there. So, so what was the other takeaway? What, what else? What, tight ends? Uh, tight ends is nothing. It's just... There's nothing new. I, I'm really, uh, you know, Doria like audits my projections sometimes. We get into arguments, and he was like, "Well, you know, I, we're really aggressive on um, what's his name, the, the guy in Chicago who was in, uh, in Philly last year, uh, Trey Burton. Trey Burton. We're really aggressive. I don't even know his name, and I'm like aggressive on him. We're really aggressive on George Kittle and Trey Burton because I have them as like the nine and oh, ten. Oh, 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 and I'll tell you where I have them ranked. Okay. Okay. Um, I have. Uh, Trey Burton ninth and George Kittle tenth on oh, my. I think I have the exact same ranking, or eight and nine maybe oh. even. I think I've. <laughs> no, I think oh. I might even have eight and nine. The thing is, like once you get past Delaney Walker, who's my number seven, look at where mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You could look on half PPR where I have him, but once you get past Delaney Walker, who's my number seven, it's like, yeah. why wouldn't you just gamble on a guy who could be a game changer? Trey Burton is basically the Travis Kelsey in that offense, because it's the it's the uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator now coaching former offensive coordinator, now coaching the Bears. So they're just right. going to use him the way they use Kelsey. He yes. a, Kelsey lined up in the slot as a wide receiver a lot. Yeah. So that, you know, that to me is a pretty good sign. And he was good when, uh, when Zach Ertz went down last year. And then Kittle, you know, you look at the Niners, they've got Jimmy G, they've got Kyle Shanahan system, but they didn't do anything this offseason. They still have just Marquise Goodwin and 32-year-old Garcon coming back from a neck injury. That's it. They don't really have any receivers there. So if Kittle's good, and usually tight ends break out in year two or three, and it's year two for him, he's going to get a major workload, in my opinion. So, Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, his, his, his crazy spark score, workout score, crazy high, and uh, was good when he was on the field last year. And uh, it's not like they have any game-breaking wide receivers, as you said. And their defense, I mean, who could be a big question mark? Nor do they have a, a workhorse at running back. I mean, I like McKinnon, but who knows, you know? Yeah, and so, Burita is like another – he's not like a heavy workhorse either. Like, it's going to be a heavy passing offense – and somebody besides Goodwin and it's and tough to play tight end as rookie too. It's really right. difficult. That's like one of the toughest positions. And he was okay when he was on the bad, a lot of injuries, but when he was right. healthy, he showed flashes. So somebody's yeah. going to have to stay. If, if the offense is good, I don't think, I mean, I like Goodwin also, but I don't think Goodwin and Garcon are going to be enough to power, right. to, to like power a high powered offense. There's going to be somebody else emerging there for it to work. Yeah. Arizona and the Rams and that, that Seattle defense, I could see some shootouts in that division yeah. too. It went real quickly from like a real defensive division to possibly the opposite. I looked at the one guy I was trying to figure out who you had because I had Walker as my eighth, but I guess I had Kyle Rudolph as, was the one guy I have in there that you yeah. didn't. But totally with you for those 10 to me. Uh, and Burton, yeah, Burton looked whenever he was like uh, when Ertz was out last year and they're going to utilize him. Another great situation. They're paying him the money. We'll see obviously changing teams. Who knows? But I'm with you right there. That's the type of guys you should be gambling right, right. there. Because the guys after like Jordan Reed and Eifert are always hurt. Yeah. Doyle, uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, yeah, I don't and, know. And happen. Doyle and, and Ebron are on the same team now. So they're going to cancel right. each other out. Vance McDonald, he had that one good game. But who knows? You know, I mean, Jesse James is still around. Like, who knows? Right. Like. Yeah. I, I just get, give me the upside and think about where you're going to draft those guys. You're going to draft them like round nine or 10. So like if yeah. they bust, okay, well, big deal. You know, it's, it, you're not really, it's not even aggressive to me. It's just common sense to, to get a guy who could be good in the right situation and, and take a gamble. It's funny. What, where do you have OJ Howard? Uh, I have OJ uh, 14th. Okay. I have him like 11 and I, I just don't know what to do with them. I mean, because of Brait and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I got to do it on Twitter with uh, Mike Clay and Jeff Radcliffe, and they both have Howard in like the 20s, and they have Brait much higher. And they're like, look, they just extended Brait to this crazy deal, like five years, 30 million something. And so, and Howard's like an excellent blocker. And, and teams just do not send two tight ends out into the route. Right. So they don't like Howard. But I'm like, 
Howard was like the 15th overall pick or something last year, and he was excellent when he ran routes last year. He was incredibly productive. Huge games. He had a couple huge games. And he, he was he's pedigree. He was good when he played. He's in year two. It's like, yeah, they wasted that money on Bright for God knows what reason, and Howard probably will block, but like, if Howard starts making a few plays, like, it's year two. Like, he's going to force his way in, you know, and, and sometimes what? you sign that deal with the guy and like, you fucked up and they just they let it go, you know? I'm with you. I have Howard higher than, than Bray. But one thing I will say that I, I, one area we do differ, I believe, is Winston. I just feel like that whole franchise might be dysfunctional. They still have Dirk Cutter there, yeah, don't terrible. they? And yeah. He's awful. And and Winston, I don't know, something. I, I could be wrong. I hope he stays healthy and breaks out and, and, and lives up to his potential. But I think there's something maybe just fundamentally wrong with that franchise. I, I, I worry about it. Yeah, it's possible, and Cutter sucks, so that's, that's a negative, and system's important. But look at Winston's like last five or six games. He had a lot of big games when he finally came back, started playing better. He was good before the beginning of last year. He runs a little bit, gets some rushing touchdowns. And Chris Godwin, like they're all... I know. He right, so they're good. all talking about him in camp, and they have Deshaun Jackson, who, if, you know, those, those guys age well, the Ted Ginns and those... You know, he's, he's like a major... He helps the offense quite a bit, because not only does he catch like five long touchdowns, but he just opens everything up. Mike Evans is there. You know, you got both tight ends. I mean, Bray's still a decent receiver. They drafted a running back. You know, Ronald Jones in the first round. It should help. I just think the setup is good for him. Yeah. The defense yeah. isn't yeah. going to be anything. They got to play the Saints twice. Panthers D is pretty good, and their offense is erratic. But the Falcons and Saints, those could be shootouts. Could be, yeah. No, we'll see. Like I said, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm guessing I have him. Far lower than you do. You probably don't. You have Winston like top twelve or something. I think I'm twelfth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more. I have him twentieth. So that's where we're different. But but anyway, I'm with you though. As far as uh, well, give me those a player. Uh, give me a player you want to prop against him. Um, I don't know who who do you. I don't know. Um, Winston, who I have above him. I don't know. I would take. Uh, you want Big I Ben? Or, me get Big Ben and you yeah. take Winston. Yeah, he'll probably get hurt sure i'll do that though but no injury out it's just pure points no injury out. that's okay. fine yeah. done i'll take Winston. 20 20 20 let's do 20 okay all right okay all right cool done. um what else so uh rest in peace dwight clark uh he i do events just every now and then uh especially before fancy football and two years ago happened to back to back one at levi's and then one in vegas and he was a part of both and um, not not all these guys are, are you know you know whatever some are great better than others but he was super nice and personable in person and really liked him and it sucked he was like diagnosed as ALS like within like a month after me meeting him and now two years later I guess he started feeling it less than three years ago in his hand but he just he just died so uh, so rest in peace to him he was a good dude I met him in person and I, and I liked him yeah I heard he also made a good catch at one point in his life it's, it's known for the for for the catch as well yeah I know yeah uh, yeah the Niners are gonna uh, obviously uh, give him a bunch the guys are wearing his jersey and stuff in the last practice but yes the catch was, yeah. was pretty sick and back of the end zone against the Cowboys yeah you didn't uh, watch uh, that you weren't alive at, for that but I uh I saw that game I mean obviously I wasn't there you know Tom Brady was at that game did you know that uh, oh yeah! Oh, well, there's like, is there a picture? There are pictures of him in the stands or something. I, I, and I vaguely four years old. That. He was four years old. Right. My dad was, was at that game. game. My dad was at the game. Oh, okay, that's crazy. But like, I mean, how cool is it? Like, well, it's cool that your dad was at the game too. But it's also cool that Brady, as a four year old, sees that catch and then becomes right. like the all time leader of pretty much yeah, everything. He's from right there. That's where he's from, uh, right. San Mateo, yeah. I think, right around there. But um, so I guess I definitely got to ask you: Do you have any? Do you have to, any comment whatsoever on the Eagles and the White House? And all yeah, that I, I think it's good for both, right? It's like, yeah. so if they don't want to go, like, why should, you know, Trump's going to be like, okay, fine, I cancel. Like, you guys don't want to go, then fine, forget it. You know, that's fine. And the Eagles, if they don't want to go, they shouldn't go. <laughs> you know, like, why the hell should they go? They're free people. Why should they, why should they go to uh, some stupid thing they don't want to go to, uh, the president they don't like? I think the whole tradition is stupid because you have, well, like... Well, What's that? The one, the one area in which I'd say that there should be like legit criticism, I, I guess, is Fox News um, yeah, showing I, the Eagles guys praying and then trying but, to be like, but, he, he didn't. Trump did not want them to come because they knelt, right. which they never even did or threatened right. to. That had nothing right. to do with it. So yeah. that's a little disingenuous and a little, you know, not, not a little just silly. disingenuous. Fox News is a scourge, man. It's been a scourge for twenty years. It's a horrible organization, and so and so is. I mean, cable news, you should not be watching. It's just a joke. Okay? I, I know Trump watches that shit. So that's just a joke. But I don't even give a shit about Fox News. They're just, they're just, that's such a pathetic a propaganda organization. It's not a serious thing. But, um, but in terms of like, you know, the Eagles not wanting to go, I, I really think that, um, that this is a, a bad thing, first of all. It's like, oh, so you won the Super Bowl, so you go suck up to power and hang out with the president? I mean, it's like, what the fuck just, is that? 
Just you the know? idea. Uh, you know. All the propaganda that's around all shit. Oh, you got to sing the national anthem. And it's about the troops. I saw a good, a, a good tweet that was basically like, when did that shit become about the troops? The troops, <laughs> the troops are protecting you know, the people's freedoms to kneel. That's what they're out there fighting for. I mean, uh, ostensibly, you know, they're protecting us against uh, autocratic and totalitarian regimes that would say, no, you, you have to salute the flag. You have to praise the president. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not that national anthem is not about the troops. It's about us, right? The troops right. fight to protect us and that. So why is kneeling during the national anthem about the troops? That's just, that's just backwards. That's not yeah. what the country, the country's not a, to, we're not a totalitarian state where we, where, you know, the citizens take a back seat. You know, it's all about the, the power. Well, well, Colin Kaepernick's original message about this whole thing is, is, is just completely been lost. Yeah, of course. I mean, even, of course. It's not even talked about even like tertiary at he, this he's point. Protesting, he was protesting state violence against black citizens. Yes. Right? He's not protesting yes. the military fighting wars abroad, although one could protest the wars that we've gotten into. Literally, the person who told him to kneel was, uh, was a, a know, military marine. person. Yeah, like a Marine was suggested. Maybe that would be more respectful or whatever. Better than sitting, yeah. The, the thing is, like, look, we got into this a couple weeks ago, but basically, like, you know, the NFL can make its rules about what you have to do. But once it co-opted the American flag and, and the national anthem and all this military stuff and the symbols, and they have all these exercises with the military and have flyovers and specials where they meet soldiers, once they tried to co-opt that for marketing purposes, which is all it really was, was marketing, they kind of lost the high ground to say, oh, you got to follow the rules. We're a business. They, they adopted this public thing, which Americans are allowed to protest. Thankfully, we're allowed to protest it. And then, you know, once that was the case, you can't make people stand or kneel or whatever. And, and so I disagree with Trump. I think Trump's totally wrong about that. But if, if only a couple people want to come and the team doesn't want to come, there's no reason he should embarrass himself and, you know, and, and like, you know, have a no-show on his hands. Oh, of course. No, he found out it was fewer uh, than 10 of people. Of course he's going to do that. And then, of course, the, the Eagles, the why owner the fuck was should going, they go? Though. The well, owner was going, which made it more interesting that he canceled, though. But, right. but yeah. No, I hear but who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's like they're free citizens, and the president's free. He doesn't have to meet with those people if he doesn't want to. And they don't have it's to go with him. It's kind of annoying to the people that, would, that wanted to go, though. I'll, kind say, of annoying I'll, to I'll say one thing that's really interesting in this era of Trump. And everyone's like, oh, you know, he's attacking the freedom of the press, and he's attacking all this stuff, and he's, he's a totalitarian. Do you know how many people in the press just openly diss Trump? Openly oh. say what a horrible president he is. Are they like going to absolutely jail? never before in the history ever? Obviously. Never has it been this bad, right? And and maybe justifiably so. I'm not saying they're always wrong. Some of them are, but some of it's right. But in any autocratic society, could you imagine like the press in Russia talking about Putin like that? What would happen to those guys? Right. You know, you think no, you? I mean, it is. It, this is the furthest thing from a totalitarian state where you're not allowed to say anything. The the, the totalitarianism is basically what Kaepernick's protesting. It's on the street level. It's cop to poor person, cop to black person. That's where like the total... When you see fascism and you see those videos and you see like a cop bossing someone around super aggressively and you know that their life is at risk because they're, you know, if they say the wrong thing or make the wrong move, it's dangerous. You see like fascism, totalitarianism in action. Like that is a little window into it. But on like the level, like on Twitter or like in the public or for the press or for people who have means... It's, it's a joke. You could say anything you want about Trump. No, nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing is going to happen to you. So I just feel like it's so disingenuous. And, and all these people are like, I'm not saying people should, you know, should do this, but all these people are like tweeting all this stuff, all this woke bullshit. How many people who are like so aghast that Trump is president are like, fuck that. I'm not paying taxes. I don't care if they arrest me. I'm not paying taxes to this government with Trump. How many people are like, how many people are truly like taking a risk with their own situation to resist Right? Nobody. None of these no. people. It's all just talk. It's all talk. And there's no penalty for talk because it's not yet a totalitarian society. So I just think it's so interesting. Like all this like Twitter muscles and all the things people say and you know, Samantha B calls Ivanka, see you next yeah. Tuesday. And uh this huge outcry. First of all, I think you should be able to call the president and especially his daughter if she's a she's a official figure. Like it's not nice. She should be she can be criticized for it, but like it shouldn't be like Oh, that's the worst thing. I mean, they're public figures. You don't attack someone's family if they're a private figure. But, the, you know, she's got, like, official roles. She does, like, delegations to different countries. She's sort of like an ambassador of sorts. So everybody's fair game. But, like, you know, she's, she's got the big muscles on Twitter saying stuff about Ivanka Trump. But, like, 
What's she actually doing, right? Nobody's like, no, I won't pay taxes to this government. Let's start a tax revolt. Let's start a, a protest. No, there's no real protest. It's just verbal. And there's no skin in the game. So it's just like this resistance is so weak. They don't even vote against, you know, Democrats don't even vote against his nominees who tortured. They don't even vote against the CIA nominee who's a torturer. They can't even resist that much. You know, Jeff Sessions gets confirmed. That dude was like such a racist. They, they, can't, even, they can't even resist that. And they're like, resist. Say I guess things the about primary numbers Twitter. were pretty low. The voting turnout was pretty low here in, in California, I guess, especially for Democrats for the Tuesday yeah. primaries. Of but course. What, what are your thoughts on the Trump with all these pardons? I don't know. I, I think it's bad that they're allowed to pardon people. You know, the, the history of it's really dirty. Clinton pardoned that like total criminal Mark Rich who gave money to him. I mean, this is like pure corruption. And uh, I don't know all the details of Trump's pardons, but I assume they're corrupt. Oh, by the way, one of Bernie's guys uh, like got finished like third or distant or something in, in Iowa or something that I guess is a bad sign for, for Bernie. I know you're, you know, obviously a Bernie I guy. Liked so Bernie, that- I, I liked Bernie, but I think when he like endorsed Clinton and didn't go all in and, and really start his own party and just say, you know what, fuck this. It's kind of hard to get behind him, you know, because his message was like, OK, we lost. Now we got to stop Trump. And I was kind of like, nah, I, I just right. I don't okay. care anymore. You know what I mean? Clinton, Trump, it's corruption one way or the other. It's it's. You know, at least Trump isn't beholden to the same people that, you know, Clinton and the people before them were beholden to. It may be turn out worse. It maybe turns out better, but at least it's different. And I felt like once he pivoted to that, I feel like he lost his, he basically lost the energy of the movement, which was, we, we know this is bullshit. We know you just got cheated and now you're just going to cave. I think it was a tough call because if he did do that and she lost, they're still blaming him even though he supported right. her. But imagine how much right. they would blame right. him if he right. did. So I think he just wasn't willing to be like the Ralph Nader, but 10 times worse because Ralph Nader barely had any support. Right. Um, I just don't think he was willing to do that, which I understand. But I, I just don't think there's anywhere to go for, for, the, for that wing anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. Just back to Trump real quick. How funny is he? I mean, you can't make this up. Did you see the thing where he's sitting there holding the letter that he got from North Korea? And he's like, if you only saw the contents, if you only knew the contents of this and like, oh, he's like, well, how much would you pay? How much? And then <laughs> say not two, yes, which is funny. <laughs> but not two minutes later, he says, oh, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> right. It's the same press conference. He's talking about how amazing that, that what all this right. stuff. And he's like, right. oh, don't worry about it. I haven't opened it yeah, yet. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. I don't even think he even uh, understands what he's saying it sometimes. But, yeah. and also if you heard the latest reports that Dennis Rodman is going to be at this, this summit. Yeah. This, this, I would bring that dude for sure, dude. I would definitely, definitely bring him. Well, you know, no, Kim Kardashian is like right? leading, oh, yeah. oh. leading the yeah. you know criminal justice reform. But you know what? I well, he mean, pardoned the person that she went she went there to get pardoned yeah. last week. He just yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, you know, prison these private prisons and shit. I mean, where was Obama on this shit? You know, like eight years. Oh, the good guy. What happened to him? You know, if Trump is smart, he's going to legalize marijuana on his watch and do prison reform because yeah. it's like okay, those are easy layups. Those are layups. Like people are like, of course this is unjust. Look, he it, should. It, it's it's so. Um, like the, the dialogue of our politics is so fucked up. It's so distorted of what's actually going on. You know, they should, people should be resisting, but they shouldn't be resisting the shit they're resisting. And they shouldn't be just talking shit. They should actually be, if they mean it, then do some shit. If not, then don't vote, you know, like let your congressmen and senators know, like not to confirm a torturer at CIA, but they don't care about that. It's just, right. it, it's, it's not about that. There's no reality to it. So we're already deep into political talk here. So yeah. I'm going to throw one more thing at you. Right. I was kind of like debating whether I should or not, but I'm going to let you, you know, you do all the talking when it comes to stuff anyway, but especially here because a few years ago in Las Vegas on this very trip we were speaking about with Jason Thornberry, you guys got in such a deep debate about this topic that it, right. it came, you know, weeks later there were, there were emails that I think I would even stoke the fire and Thorne just made fun of me for not knowing, I think, Craig Morton and a couple pods back. So he even listens to this uh, periodically, right. at least. So anyway, I don't know if you don't know where I'm going with this. But I don't. I have no idea. The Supreme Court just ruled that Colorado baker, you know, he, he, was, he was okay with not cooking the bake, ba- baking the cake, you know, for the, for the, 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 the gay couple. You know, if not, I mean, this was a big deal in the Supreme Court. Yeah, they yeah. thought it was going to go one way and it went another. So do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, to me, this isn't like the foremost issue of our day, but so there's two sides, right? One is like, can you force someone to do something that they don't want? And I think the religion thing is kind of a red herring because your religion could be like, well, I don't like people of a certain race. I don't like people, you know, what if your religion says that? And then you, then you can violate all sorts of equal protection laws and all sorts of uh, rights of other people. So 
I kind of think this is sort of like that, but I'm also kind of of the of the mindset like, look, if this dude is a bigot and doesn't like you for whatever reason, his religion or some other reason, but maybe he's not even like, hey, I hate you personally. He's just like my, you know, because of religious beliefs, I don't approve of what you do with your life, which, I mean, fuck him, you know? Like, that's what he thinks, okay? He's entitled to his beliefs. Why not just get it somewhere else? Like, why even go to court to force somebody to do it? You know, I understand if nobody would do it, then you've got like this problem and then you've got to sort of get recognized. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a nuanced topic. You know, I, I, I just think like, I think it's, it's, it's a close call, man. You know, cause there's the, like, you don't want to force someone to do something, but we do have certain protections. Like you can't not serve somebody because of their race. You can't, there's certain sort of protections under the law that are like, yeah, you cannot serve somebody because they're not wearing a shirt or because, you know, they're cursing as they walk in your restaurant, but you can't not serve them because of their race. And I think sexual orientation is, is kind of one of those where it's like, that's not a good reason to not serve them. So I think they, I think you should probably have to serve him, but at the same time, you know, if, if somebody's not serving you for that reason, I guess you could take him to court, but it's like, you know what, let, I'm sure someone else will make the cake for you. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. The, the decision itself does seem like a step back, but, but I, mean, I do. You know, it's like, like I, yeah, I, I don't, it's not the format. To me, it's like, it's something you resolve personally. You say, look, what, what's the problem? And he says, and you're like, well, I don't agree with that, but that's fine. I'll, I'll take my business elsewhere. I mean, is, isn't that how it should end up? Unless it's Ideal. a case where like every business in town has that belief and you really just can't like transact your life because everyone's such a bigot. I don't know. Uh, no, I understand. No, you're right. Nuance is a good. Does way the government it. should the government be involved in this kind of dispute? Unless I, I think it know. should. If literally people are finding that nobody's willing to right. know, take their business or nobody's, you know, I don't know. What do you think? No, I said it is nuanced, and I was curious your opinion because there is. I don't have. I don't feel like there is a clear cut answer here. Um, you disagree I think it's with what I said. Back. You agree I, I, I agree with I, I agree with your general point. I totally do. Yes, right. I do. But but I do think the decision it came to a decision. The decision itself was a step back. I feel right. like I mean that would I was not happy with the decision. But I get what you're saying and all all the other stuff. I mean I understand what you're saying. Anyway, maybe we can bring this up in a month with Thorne in person. But we could. Uh, we could. Now, Thorne and I are in more agreement now by politics than we used to be. I think I'm sort of just not. I'm out. I'm apolitical in this. I mean I'm political, but I'm not. Right. I don't. I'm not. I don't play for a team. So no, makes total sense. All right, man. That's all I got for you. All right. Talk to you next week, man. Later. All right. Later, Don.